Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the Giants are potentially linked to some trade rumors surrounding one of the top wide receivers on the trade market this offseason, young up-and-coming guy from the Buffalo Bills, links to Brian Dable, Gabe Davis. Now, a lot of you might know him from that great game that he had against the Chiefs last postseason, not this most recent one, but he had three touchdowns in one game. He had five total touchdowns in the postseason. He's young. He's 23 years old. He's really solid. Solid, and he might make a lot of sense for a New York Giants team that needs receiving talent this offseason. And probably because he's not one of those big name guys. It's not a Brandon Ayuk. It's not a DeAndre Hopkins or a T. Higgins. You could probably trade for Gabe Davis at a relatively cost-effective price. So this might make a lot of sense for the Giants considering the young talent that Gabe Davis provides to the team plus his connections with Brian Dable. So I like this idea, but we're going to go ahead and dive into it, discuss why the Giants might want to consider trading for Gabe Davis and take a look at OBJ. He had his workout yesterday. He turned some heads. He looked pretty impressive. He made a sick one-handed catch that's going viral on Twitter and all social media platforms. So OBJ, will the reunion happen? I'm not sure, but we're going to go ahead and dive into all that. But before we do all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel if you're new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today? And what are your thoughts on the Giants potentially trading for Gabe Davis? I am doing great. Now, the Giants can use any receivers and all receivers. Anything we can manage to get is an upgrade. But there are a couple things that I'd like to say about Gabe Davis. You know, um, obviously, proven player up to this point, three years in the NFL, had a career-high 48 receptions and 93 targets in 2022. He's only 23 years old. So he's going into the final year of his rookie contract. And the Bills are skeptical on whether they're going to extend him or not or give him a nice little uh, payday. So the question is, are they going to extend him or are they going to look to trade him? Now, the Giants, as you mentioned, have clear links to Gabe Davis and this Buffalo Bills team. Um, they know what he can do. Brian Dable obviously utilized him pretty heavily, and especially during the postseason when he had five touchdowns in 2021. Obviously, that three-touchdown game against the Chiefs. So we know he can produce in some facets. He's a, he's a fast guy. He's got physicality. He's six foot two, 210 pounds. Um, you know, this is a player who can go up and make a catch, a contested grab. He's definitely someone who would bring a lot of value to the Giants, but there is a couple of maybe cons to his game, some things that limit him. And uh, notably, last year he had a 51.6% catch rate. That's really, really bad. Um, so only 50% of targets is actually making a catch. And then you actually look at his drop rate, 11.1%. He drops a lot of passes, seven drops last year. Uh, that was a career high. So if you're looking at him as like a reliable guy with hand, with good hands, he may not be that. He's kind of Darius Slade. He's like a bigger version of Darius Slade. He's a fast guy, obviously. Um, the question is, like, if you're going to go and tr like acquire Gabe Davis, you might as well just keep Darius Slayton on, on a similar deal. Um, and obviously, he's not going to cost you draft compensation to get him. I don't exactly know how much Gabe Davis would cost, you know, being the fact that he was a fourth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this is definitely a player that would offer us some value as a big possession guy with some really good speed. But maybe you just go with the guy that has chemistry already in Darius Slayton. What are your thoughts on that? I definitely think that, you know, if you're going to give up the capital, maybe you just keep someone you're already familiar with. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I think that they're similar players. They have a similar play style. They're big play threats, but they don't provide you a lot with the underneath, like the dependability factor. Like Gabe Davis isn't going to be your guy to run a slant across the middle of the field and make a reception, play in and play out. Like that's just not his game. His game is more, he runs a deep post through the middle of the field and you throw him a pass and he usually gets past the safety and makes a big reception. Like that's what you want from Gabe Davis. Nine routes, post routes, corner routes, all those big routes. You don't want him running any drags, any quick outs, nothing like that. And that's kind of like, you make a good point with Darius Slayton because the Giants don't need another one of those guys. What the Giants are searching for this offseason is someone who can run across the middle of the field, catch a slant route, make a deep in. Like, that's what you need in this New York Giants offense. They don't necessarily need another big play threat who's going to go down and threaten a defense and make them push their safeties back another five yards. They need a guy who's going to force the safeties to choke up, someone that's going to get the safeties in the box because they know that they have a threat over the middle of the field who's going to be a gamer on play in and play out and make those ugly yardage make that ugly yardage and those dirty receptions down in the middle of the field the Giants don't have that right now maybe you could argue that they could if they extend Sterling Shepard he was that but Sterling Shepard always injured it's tough to get him on the field and have him be that dirty guy so the Giants they're missing in their offense a dirty guy someone who goes across the middle of the field isn't afraid doesn't alligator arm any passes will make a catch get blown up in the middle of the field and pop right back up Gabe Davis isn't necessarily that dirty guy. So I like Gabe Davis. I think he's a good player. He makes sense for the Giants in some like aspect of the game, but he isn't a need for them. They have those long, deep play guys in Darius Slayton. You can extend him for a cheaper price. He's got familiarity with the team. He's got chemistry with Daniel Jones first and foremost. That's the biggest selling point on Darius Slayton is the fact that he and Daniel Jones, they're good friends, they get along, and they have made a lot of plays together in the past. Both of them shared a rookie season in 2019, and they both had their arguably best seasons in 2019 Daniel Jones other than this upcoming year or this past season that we just had going into the postseason he and Darius Slayton though in 2019 had a great connection as rookies and I think that Slayton has kind of been held back since then because it kind of gassed up a lot of fans and gassed up the team they thought that Darius Slayton was something special he's kind of settled into his own as being a big play guy but there is an element to Slayton's game that's valuable in the fact that he has that chemistry with Daniel Jones. Bringing in a guy like Gabe Davis feels redundant and feels unnecessary when you have someone like Slayton who has the chemistry with Daniel Jones because they have the same playing style, they serve the same role and purpose in an offense. So going after a guy like Gabe Davis, I get that he's six foot two, he's a big body guy, he plays on the outside. But listen, Darius Slayton's six foot one. He's really fast. He ran a sub four four forty. Like he can go out there and make those big plays for you. Plus the chemistry with Daniel Jones. So that's kind of like the selling point for me, Alex. That's where I kind of agree with you. But I'm curious to know how much do you weigh that chemistry factor in when you're discussing like Gabe Davis versus Darius Slayton? I weigh it in significantly. I mean, you're looking. Look, just hear hear me out. Gabe Davis, good production numbers are solid. You're talking about a guy that has Josh Allen at quarterback. You know what I mean? Josh Allen makes things happen out of thin air. Daniel Jones is capable of doing that on occasion, but he's not that type of quarterback. He's a guy that would prefer stand in the pocket, make efficient throws, you know, make good, make better decisions. You know, Josh Allen takes risks. He's a risky quarterback. It's a it's a you know risk it all type of thing, and you know no risk no reward type of mindset. That's Josh Allen's game. You know he takes big chances. They go for explosive plays, and Gabe Davis is oftentimes on the other end of those plays. You know what I mean? So if you're looking for him to be a, a, a more traditional receiver, where he's not running secondary routes, he's not you know standing there on the sideline trying to get open for Josh Allen as he runs around the backfield for 20 minutes. 
I don't know if he's the, exactly the, the mold that we're looking for. If we're going to have to give up draft capital and extend Gabe Davis, I think I'd rather just keep Darius Slayton because, like you said, we need guys that are kind of dirty guys in the middle of the field who are going to, like, really open up the the defense and then allow us to expand upon our deep game. Um, and I'll tell you this right now, Gabe Davis, if you're looking to him contribute in the shorter portions of the field, you're going to be very disappointed. He had a 17.6% drop rate from 0 to 9 yards from the line of scrimmage, only 93 yards. Medium, though, 0 to uh, 10 to 19 yards from the line of scrimmage he was excellent he had 443 yards three touchdowns uh, and about a 10 percent drop rate and beyond that deep 20 plus yards like i said josh allen explosiveness taking shots buying time getting the, the ball downfield to gabe davis that's where he really makes his money um he had 31 targets last year 20 plus yards downfield that's more than any giant player had by a significant margin and that's only one player um, on the Bills, he's, and he's their wide receiver too. So if you're looking at him, he had 432 yards and five scores deep, 20-plus yards downfield with a 7.7% drop rate. The Giants cannot use cannot replicate those numbers. That's my biggest concern. The Giants are not a deep, explosive team when they're go, going downfield. Look at the pieces that they're adding. They're trying to be more of this like West Coast style. Um, and I know Patrick Mahomes is capable of launching the ball 80 yards downfield, but the second Tyreek Hill... Uh, left, they changed their system a little bit, and they're they're not launching balls downfield like that anymore. They're playing more of a West Coast, taking more efficient shots, and you know Patrick Mahomes is just excellent. He can thrive in whatever scheme they put him in. Uh, but their offense changed a little bit when Tyreek Hill left. So when you're looking at what the Giants can do with Gabe Davis, I don't think Daniel Jones is the type of quarterback that's going to be running around for 20 minutes, launching up freaking Hail Marys, and taking risks as, a, as an explosive playmaker. That's where Gabe Davis made his money in Buffalo. I don't think that they're going to be able to replicate those type of numbers, those type of statistics. I think they need someone more like Darius Slayton if they're good look I think that Darius Slayton walks anyway because apparently his price tag is gonna be pretty high I'd rather go in a totally different direction than both Gabe Davis and Darius Slayton I'm fine keeping Slayton I think that would be a fine acquisition of course his hands are a little bit spotty at times but I'm okay if they re-sign him um but you know if they go in a different direction than both of them I understand why and I get it but Gabe Davis don't see the need here I I think he's a fine player but I think he was a Josh Allen merchant I think that Josh Allen made him really really good um because ultimately you're talking about um, a guy who really exercised his talents downfield, and the Giants don't have an offensive line to keep Daniel Jones safe for that long, and they don't have a quarterback who's going to run around for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and then wait until a guy is miraculously open 30, like 60, 70 yards downfield, and Daniel Jones doesn't have Josh Allen arm. You know what I mean? He, he's got a good arm. Don't mind you. Don't, don't get it wrong, but he doesn't have a Josh Allen arm. Josh Allen has one of the best arms in the league, if not the best arm in terms of just pure um, power and strength behind it. So with that being the case, I don't think that he's our best option. I think I'd rather invest, if we're going to go and trade for somebody, I'd rather go for a better route runner, like you said, who's going to be a little bit more um, efficient in the middle portions of the field, maybe be able to operate in the shorter portions on screens, move around the line of scrimmage, and do some more stuff in that facet. Yeah, I, first of all, Josh Allen Merchant is a crazy thing to say. But second of all, if you're giving up a pick for Gabe Davis, you're probably giving up, like, what, a fourth-round pick for this player? Why not just go into the draft and draft someone in the fourth round? You can find a big play receiver in the fourth round that you can develop. I mean, that's what Darius Slayton was if it was a fifth-round pick. So if you're trying to trade for Gabe Davis, I don't necessarily see why you would want to sacrifice that sort of draft capital any. I know it's not a lot, you know, one fourth-round pick, 
but that goes a long way and you can find an impact player in those middle rounds plus the selling point is when you draft someone with that fourth round pick you have them for the next four years Gabe Davis you're trading for him he has one year left on his contract you got to pay him you don't have to pay that rookie nearly as much as you would have to pay Gabe Davis and I I get that Gabe Davis isn't going to make a ton of money in free agency when you have to extend him you're not going to be breaking the bank for him but you're still paying more than you would be for a fourth round rookie wide receiver that you could draft in the middle rounds of this year so I think it just makes more sense Giants hold on to your draft capital sign someone uh, or draft someone in the middle rounds at the receiver position and maybe sign someone else a free agency who can do more things for your offense so that's where I want to go next Alex because you're mentioning Gabe Davis isn't the type of player that they need but could you argue that maybe OBJ is the plain style the type of player that they need he is someone who's great at running a slant route he goes across the middle of the field he's not afraid to get hit make those dirty garbage plays across the middle of the field that's what OBJ provides to your offense in my opinion but he does come at a pretty premium price, I would assume. He's definitely going to make over $10 million per year. I don't know how much of it's going to be guaranteed coming off of the injury. I'm sure that they can get creative with the structuring of that contract. But Odell Beckham Jr. is probably going to get paid pretty handsomely. Part of it is you're paying for the superstar, right? He's he's like a mega icon. He's like he's was at one point the face of the New York Giants. So that reunion, you have to pay for that in and of its own, right? That probably has something to do with it. It's going to inflate his price tag, and I don't know if that's the the direction that the New York Giants want to go or if they should go. But I do think when you look at a player like OBJ, a veteran who's 30 years old, yes, I know he's coming off of an injury, but he's still a good player. He was before the injury, and he ha- he still had the ability to run a good slant route. He could go up and make some contested catches. He did in the Super Bowl. He caught a, a fade route for a touchdown in the Super Bowl, the last game that he played. I think that OBJ adds that element to, to the offense, Alex, that we're talking about with Gabe Davis that he doesn't provide. Gabe Davis gives you those long, big play opportunities that the Giants don't necessarily create or need. They don't need a receiver who does that because their offense doesn't predicate on those big shot plays. It predicates on those underneath routes, everything from 10 to 15 yards underneath, right? That's what they need, and that's where OBJ thrives. But is that price tag worth it? So I'm curious to get your take on that, Alex. Do you think that OBJ, rather than Gabe Davis, should be the target for the Giants this offseason? You know, I... I've seen a lot of people in the comments kind of going back and forth about this topic. A lot of people are it's like half of the people are like, yeah, like I would love OBJ back. would love to get him back on the Giants. And the other half are like, he's a drama queen. He doesn't want to, you know, he's this or that. And the people who I think are saying like, he's a drama queen, he's this, um, you know, he's a distraction are, are recalling a lot of the things that happened when he was a giant, but he's not, he hasn't been that guy in a long time. You know, when he was with the Rams, he wasn't a distraction. Like he was totally fine. Like he, in fact, he went and helped them win a Super Bowl. Um, So I I feel like those darker days are behind him. A lot of the things that kind of plagued him in the past in terms of just being young and immature and not really understanding what it was, you know, he wanted to win so badly. And that's the thing about OBJ. He's a winner. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when he's losing, everything crashes. So if the Giants suck and like they're losing and OBJ can't do anything about it and it kind of brings up those old emotions, I could see him talking out or like having a moment of like, um, you know, regret. But if the Giants are winning and playing good football and he's contributing toward that, I don't think he's going to be a distraction at all. Um, in fact, I think that he would be more of a, a solution than that, than anything else. But again, and I'm going to say this one time, if the wide receiver market wasn't as thin as it is right now in free agency. I think that OBJ wouldn't be my wouldn't even be on my radar to be quite honest with you. If this was a deep wide receiver dra- uh, free agent market, I would be looking at other guys that maybe are younger, not coming off two ACL tears that can be long term solutions with us. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that OBJ would be at the top of my wish list. But right now, just think about the situation that we're in. 
if we're going to go and get a really great wide receiver one, we're going to have to trade for him. Because anybody in the draft that we get, there's no guarantee they're going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. They're not proving commodities. In fact, most rookies are not going to be great. You know, that you see guys take big steps forward. You, if you're lucky, you get a Garrett Wilson. If you're really, really lucky, you get a Garrett Wilson or anybody else. Like, it's unlikely. The chances of actually landing a guy who's going to be a wide receiver one and produce at that level immediately is extremely low. So while I do love a lot of the receivers in this draft class and think that they can be great players for us, and that would be our hope is that they turn into a wide receiver one, expecting them to be that on day one is very unlikely. So the reason that OBJ is going to get big bucks now is because the free agent market is super thin. You're talking about Darius Slayton as one of the top guys on the market, and he's a wide receiver three on a good team. You know, And then you're looking at OBJ, who is probably the best receiver on the free agent market right now, and he's going to get paid because of that, because there's a lot of demand. Obviously, the workout yesterday, as Anthony mentioned, a lot of teams are there. They're all monitoring, and they're all seeing how much you know juice he's got left in the tank, how much gas he's got left in the tank. And at the end of the day, you know when there's a, a lot of demand, the, the price is going to increase. So it really depends. How much are the Giants willing to pay for a player coming off two ACL tears? And OBJ, he looked good, man. He looked fast. He looked strong. Probably added some muscle mass. Um, he looked like his like like the self he was um, early in Cleveland before the first ACL tear, at least just by like the physical stuff you saw on the film um, or on just on kind of the, the videos that were circulating around social media. But again, that's a very small sample size. I'd have to obviously see that over a larger one. But he looked good to me. I don't know exactly what the Giants are thinking. I heard the Chiefs are really involved. I heard there's a couple teams that really want to get him that are Super Bowl contenders, so maybe he prefers to go to one of those guys, and the Giants maybe aren't even on the top of his list right now. I know he wants to be with Saquon. Um, so if the Giants keep Saquon, they increase their chance of landing OBJ probably tenfold um, if they do want to offer him a contract. But I don't really know how much he's worth. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to say like he could garner a deal in like the $12 million per season range, maybe more. What do you think? Well, I think it's tough to gauge like his market value. I know that if you go on spotrack.com and you take a look at it, they have him at $13.1 million per season. And I'm like, okay, I could see how that would be a fair market value for him. It sounds like a lot of money, but if it's not all guaranteed and the cap hit isn't the full 13, like it could make sense depending on how long the contract is. If it's a one-year deal, it's a full $13 million cap hit. That's tough to get behind in, in some respects. But if it's like a two, three-year deal and it's on average $13 million, well, some of those cap hits are probably going to be under 10 You know, you could probably get his year one cap hit at like $8 million on a $13 million deal. So I don't know. It's kind of tough to gauge his market value, like I said, but considering who OBJ is and the fact that, you know, when you look at this wide receiver market, it's so tough. He's kind of going to be treated like a bridge wide receiver, right, Alex? Because when you look at it, the point that you made about receivers in the first round, a lot of them don't make an impact in year one. That's a good point because a lot of them need to develop year two, year three. They have that breakout. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, you need a solid WR2 to go alongside your rookie receiver, like someone to mentor him, somewhere to be there when the rookie is struggling, you need a veteran presence that can pick up the slack. And that's what OBJ is going to be, basically a bridge wide receiver. So you might have to force him into your lineup, say you're our WR1 for this season, but you're not the WR1 long term. Hopefully you become WR2, maybe WR3 down the road, and we still draft a receiver. So I think my main thing with OBJ, I'm okay with with signing OBJ as long as it doesn't change the Giants draft plans, because OBJ should not change the Giants draft plans. If they, if they sign Odell, they should still be targeting wide receivers early in this year's draft. And so that's where I'll get behind it because Odell can be a good WR2 for your offense but if you sign OBJ and think that you solved your problems and your receiving core is fixed 
you're wrong. You're dead wrong. And the Giants still need to go out there and draft a wide receiver regardless because they need some good young talent with potential to be something solid for this team long term. And that's not what Odell is. So Alex, when you take a look at OBJ, I assume you're in the same boat as me. You sign him, but you still go out there and draft a wide receiver. Oh, 100%. There's no way I'm signing OBJ and he's the end-all, be-all of my wide receiver solutions. That is far from what... In fact, I would much rather draft a wide receiver at 25 and not sign OBJ at all than vice versa. You know, that would be my preference. I would rather go with a wide receiver in the first round than, than sign OBJ. So, if the, of course, we're talking about either or. It could be in conjunction it could be a combination um so they could draft a wide receiver in 25 and sign obj which is what anthony you're kind of hinting at as a possible solution here that overhauls our wide receiver core like that gives you a top young talent it gives you wandell robbins coming back from injury it gives you isaiah hodgins who can be a wide receiver three and it gives you obj who obviously still has a little bit of gas left in the tank how much well is yet to be seen but i i have complete faith he can be a good wide receiver too uh for a team that doesn't have a wide receiver too at the moment so i think that ultimately we have a couple of nice holdovers on the roster i think if, if the giants want to do something this is this would be an interesting concept draft a wide receiver at 25 top guy on the board whoever's there you go and you sign obj you bring a guy like richie james back to be a slot option a reserve slot option he got he at least he created separation last year at the very least um, and then you obviously, I mean, Paris Campbell also stands out to me, but I think he's going to be a little bit more expensive than, than Richie James, but it could be, it could, it could not be, it could be a similar price. And if that's the case, I'd rather go with Paris Campbell, a little bit more size, a little more consistency, um, as a receiver, obviously the injuries have hurt him a little bit in the past, but, um, you're not asking him to be your top gun after all. And then you have Wandale coming back from injury. Who knows when he'll be back to full health, maybe around, um, you know, the first game of the season. Uh, so we'll see kind of how he progresses over the summer. But, you know, obviously he got injured, what, was like week six or week seven he had the ACL tear, maybe a little bit after that. So he could miss the first couple weeks of the season. Um, maybe it was later. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't know. I don't remember the exact date it was, but that's something to monitor, and the Giants are probably going to have to supplement that loss until um, he comes back. So they'll need a slot guy. They'll need someone to kind of operate out of that. Maybe they go with, like, a Tank Dell in, like, the second round, or they go with, like, um, a slot guy in the mid-rounds to add to a wide receiver they draft in the first round who can just kind of help out in the slot until Wando gets back and then develop. And, you know, there's a lot of different things they can do here, but... OBJ, no. To answer your question, he's not a wide receiver one, in my opinion. Like, he's going to be a great complement to uh, a young receiver that you draft, and I think he can probably help teach them a, the ropes a little bit. You know, what I did wrong when I was a rookie, like, what I did right, you know, the things that I really, like, harped on. I, I started my career with the Giants, so, like, he knows what to expect. He knows what the media does um, to, to players sometimes, and I ultimately think that um, there will be going to be a couple of media members that may not like to see him again because they, they said some pretty bad stuff about him at the time. So it's going to be kind of fun to see how that unfolds. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my general take. I think that OBJ would be a fine compliment to a wide receiver one, but I'm always, and let me say this very clearly, I'm always going to prefer the Giants to go and draft one at 25 over signing OBJ if it was either or. I'd rather them draft someone young um, that it can develop and will be on a rookie deal and a pretty cheap and that can develop in conjunction with Daniel Jones's new extension and then pair with Saquon Barkley if they're going to retain him, which seemingly is the case. So I think that's kind of my take. But pairing a young receiver with OBJ, I think that's totally a fine move as well. A lot of people may disagree. A lot of people don't want OBJ at all. And there's a lot of other options that I would totally entertain and totally consider that I would be totally fine with uh, for what it's worth. Um, but because the wide receiver market is so thin, we kind of have no choice but to consider him as a viable option. 
No, I 100% agree with you. If it's either or, I'm taking the rookie receiver with the 25th overall pick or even trading up. I know that's something that I proposed in yesterday's episode. So I think that the Giants have an opportunity here to really bolster their receiving core. OBJ would be a great compliment to a young receiver, like you just said, but he's not the end-all be-all. The Giants should not go into this offseason, have this workout with OBJ, meet with him, sign him, and just think that they're done and over with. They still got to get some young talent that can be a long-term solution, a lot of potential. And listen, this first round of this 2023 NFL draft, there is a lot of receiving talent. JSN is solid. Quentin Johnson is solid. Jordan Addison is solid. Zay Flowers is solid. There's a lot of really top-tier talents that the Giants can potentially target with a 25th overall pick. So if you go into free agency and you sign OBJ to be your WR2, you can go find that WR1 in the draft. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And that kind of reminds me of the episode that we recorded yesterday, Alex. So if you haven't seen that one yet, make sure to go check out the channel, subscribe if you're new, and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. And leave a like if you did enjoy this episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below. Gabe Davis, trade for him or not? OBJ, sign him or you're good off that. I want him. I want to see the reunion happen. Alex seems a little lukewarm on the whole topic, but let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. And again, subscribe if you're new and ring the bell so you don't miss one. We'll catch you all on the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants. Thank you.